Do you love to read but struggle to see print? Bookshare is a nonprofit ebook library that makes reading easier for people with low vision or blindness. Members can read in ways that work for them with ebooks in audio, large print, and digital braille. Get unlimited access to over 1 million titles, including New York Times bestsellers, periodicals, upskilling books, and more. Bookshare is free for New York Public Library patrons or U.S. students with a qualifying disability. For more information, visit bookshare.org today. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Wow, that's excellent. Don't even know who that is, but um, but good evening and welcome to Tuesday Topics. We have we have a new and exciting announcement. That, like the music too, it's very dramatic. It sounds as though if we don't do it right, things are going to happen. I think that was yes, Brian right. McCallum. Get it right. <laughs> Brian That's McCallum. right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Excellent. So I'm Paul Edwards, and welcome to Tuesday Topics. Um, with us, we have uh, our usual folks on the production side, Mr. Rick Morin. Hello, Mr. Rick. Hey, Paul. Good enough. Good. Good morning. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Good morning. Good yeah. morning. Yeah. Wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's above the yard arm somewhere and we have uh we have our our hand raiser extraordinary miss marianne gringyall welcome miss marianne thank you paul we are so glad that you're here and of thank course you. we have our streamer mr larry gassman hello mr larry hello there paul and uh we are going to be talking about uh, audio description so uh, eventually, we think we will have both co-chairs of the audio description committee from the American Council of the Line that runs uh, the website of choice in audio description, uh, the Audio Description Project website, and that is Mr. Carl Richardson. Hey, Carl. Good night, Mr. Calabash, wherever you are. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Not Thank that you, Jimmy. No, Jimmy Durante. Yeah, exactly. But, um, <laughs> welcome, and and Brian is also here. So uh, he is he, also here. Yeah, and 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 when we when we join Carl and Brian together, we uh, we 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 get uh, a podcast called Picture This. <laughs> yeah, well, and and it hopefully will be up and running soon. We've taken a hiatus, but hopefully it'll be up and running soon. Yeah, it's excellent. Hello, Brian. How's it going? It's good. So, Brian and I have been talking quite a lot about audio description, and there are, there are loads of things that we kind of that came up at the last minute last week. And of course, there are lots of <coughs> lots of directions that I put in uh, the announcement that I sent out to everybody about the the kinds of issues that that we that we that we might include where audio description is concerned. Um, <clears throat> I had hoped that I that that I would find more time, which I didn't. Um, but I have been playing for the last couple of weeks, um, Brian, with with a couple of opportunities that I have, which I would, which I which I think would be fun to do on a Tuesday topic. And I think it'd be fun to have you here as well, Carl. So it probably won't be right away. Ah, oh, good. And um, Miss Kim is here. Hello, Miss Kim. Hello, Mr. Paul. Welcome. So glad Thank that you. you are here. So, um, 
what what I what I now have is I have a couple of <coughs> programs. One is uh, Game of Thrones, um, and the other is uh, and and that Game of Thrones has a an an American audio description track and a British audio description track, and I thought it might be fun to play a couple of 30-second clips of each of the two to give a sense of, of what some of the differences are. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that the other thing that I've got and that that I thought would be sort of fun is there is a thing that Masterpiece Theater has done. Um, uh, the books are written by Winston Graham and it's about a family who lives in Cornwall and um, they're the first season is now done in two different versions. One is a, a version that the BBC did, and the other is a TTS version that apparently has been used somewhere else. Um, and I thought it would be fun to compare those two versions too to see what the difference is, both in terms of the quality of the description, but also in terms of in terms of how you can tolerate uh, the TTS as compared to um, as compared to the human voice. Well, I don't have an opinion on that at all. Uh, no, I know you don't, but it's actually the opposite of mine, Carl. So I know it is. That's why <laughs> I can't help it if you're wrong. Uh, I hear so, that. Yeah. So, Paul, one of the things that we kind of have pledged ourselves to do here on Tuesday Topics mm -hmm. is to deal with issues without worrying so much about whether or not it's ACB's official opinion. Sure. Um, so that we can be a little edgier than, yeah. than if we were representing ACB. So right. I acknowledge that Kim and Carl are here as ADP co-chairs. But they are also, this doesn't stop when you're a chair, they're also significant consumers they are. of audio description. So from time to time, I may ask them their personal opinion on things <clears throat> separate from their responsibilities of ADP. And if they can't do that, I understand. But that's, that's going to be yeah. part of the goal of the evening. It is. And, uh, hey, hey, Brian, you could you could do the the the, uh, the introductory uh, tagline for this program. You know. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. But I love I love your idea about uh, comparing uh, British audio description to American audio description. For instance, yep. I own the movie Belfast from iTunes, which has yep. the British audio description. But right now, it's playing on HBO with American audio description. They're yep. totally different. Uh, it, and, and it's fascinating because um, I, I, I had that experience with The Sopranos. So uh, I got used to it with, um, with British audio description. And then it came out on HBO. And boy, is, is the audio description different. It's yeah. amazing. They're, they leave a lot more room for interpretation with British, British audio description. They, they, uh, and in... In a lot of the stuff I've looked at, it's a lot more minimalist. They do much That's less I mean. than, than Americans do in terms of in terms of description. And they, they expect you to fill in the blanks a lot more. So I see what you're saying. 
I think yeah, you're exactly, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Now, Paul, I, I imagine you as a bit of an Anglophile. Yes, I am. Yes. You are. Are you not, my friend? I am. So. So, so under those circumstances, which accent do you prefer? Well, the interesting thing is, um, or or at least it's interesting to me, um, the Sopranos had a, a, a British one doing the British, obviously, and an American one doing the American. But um, Game of Thrones had a male doing, well, sorry, it varied between a male and a female in the UK doing the audio description for Game of Thrones. But the American, uh, at least in the part that I've re-listened to, is always a female and happens to be British as well. There you go. And, so, and, why, and Help the Dragon, which just came out here, which is the sequel, yep. uh, uh, Roy Samuel's did, been doing that uh, for the British, yet I know there are British versions being done overseas. Interesting. There you go. So when we talk about, um, you know, we, at, for ever so long, we were just grateful we got anything. Let's be real. Yeah. It wasn't at first required by anybody. And we were successful at getting the CVAA passed and making it required by conventional cable television, right? We, and broadcast. And broadcast, yeah. yep. I'm yeah. sorry, I, I've been cable so long, I don't remember broadcast. But anyway, so that. And then uh, we started to see services like Netflix and uh, HBO Max and Disney Plus and many others start to do audio description, even though there wasn't a direct law requiring that of them. And it got to the point also with audio description of live theater that I have to think twice because I can't afford to go to every audio described play in the greater Boston area. There are so many of them that I can attend. So now I'm at a point where it's not a matter of quantity. It's become more and more a matter of quality. I Agreed. stopped pretty much watching anything without audio description. The very rare things that I will watch are things that I must have seen 10 times before and you know could could write the dialogue of um but generally speaking no audio description no watching not i wonder i wonder if that's typical of blind people we'll have to ask our callers to 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 let us know that i know that i probably very seldom will watch anything that doesn't have audio description anymore um, uh, but yeah, so, and I, I wonder if other blind people are the same. It's, I, it's I will watch, I won't watch new stuff without audio description. I will watch like old black and white films without audio description because I find them easier to follow. Yep. In terms How of the cutting and pacing of the film, they're not, um, you know, you, you can even, and only I would know this, but like from 1950, the average shot was like 6.9 seconds. Now it's like 3.2 seconds. You know what I mean? Yep. So yep. it's just too hard to follow 
visually what's going on. So I will watch only if it's old and it's something I can follow and rather straightforward. Yep. The new stuff, it's got to be audio described or I won't yep. watch it. And Kim, Kim will you watch? Yeah, I was just going to say, Kim, what about I, Kim? Um, So I've heard from a lot of people who, who are consumers of audio description who say, it now it now currently they they will definitely not watch any shows that don't have description and and i'm kind of a little bit of what carl does and a little bit of what brian does um i pretty much watch audio described content but i have a few shows that i really like that are you know um one of my favorites is ncis i just like that show and so um it goes way back to be, you know, it's been described on probably one of the longest running shows with description um, because of CBS's commitment back in the day right. when, when description wasn't mandated, but they kept it in place. So, mm -hmm. um, so I've seen lots of these episodes and sometimes I'll run across one on another broadcast channel or a cable channel and I'll watch it because I've seen it before with descriptions. So I know what's going on and, oh yeah, I remember that. So, but <clears throat> for new stuff, description, it's got to be described. Yep. Marianne, how about yourself? Do, um, do you <laughs> sadly, I watch very, very little TV, <laughs> but, um, but I try to, I try to, um, to, to pick shows that are um, audio described. I, I, try only to listen to audio describe things what we do a lot of is um download from you didn't hear this audio vault yes. oh. <laughs> so so we get the audio version of the um, i audio think that described. might be where paul gets some of his content so yeah, and, we and won't my smart figures, will we yeah thank you <laughs> so it isn't audio vault it, it it is not audio vault. Mm -hmm. It's uh, uh, but you could be correct. <laughs> well, there's audio vault, and then there's blind my smart. So there's there, there, two sources. Well, no, there's three. Uh oh, <laughs> am I missing one? <laughs> you are. You're missing the one I use. Off script. Off script. Now, okay. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so anyway, I do. I do. When I do listen to um, when I watch a movie, I try very hard for it to be audio described. Mm -hmm. so. And 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 uh, I. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably eventually get to talking about this. I, I won't go to a movie unless it unless it alleges that it has audio description. Oh, absolutely, but, that's for sure. Yeah, but no, in a, no, in a, one hundred percent. Yeah, I'm but not going to spend that kind of money. Right, but to, but in a theater or in theaters lately, I have had no end of trouble to get audio description that works. It's just so you, stupid. You've had no luck lately. No, I have not. Yeah, I think COVID made that worse and i have yeah. i've had to advocate with a couple of theaters too yeah but you're not the and i'm not defending theater but the deaf community is just having just as much difficulty with yeah. captioning equipment it's just, just it's just not i don't know why whether it be turnover of staff lack of education um you know but yeah i think yeah. it's i think it's all of those it things must. but it also maybe that we as blind people have stopped going. Yeah. Yes. I, I would agree. It's become, and, and we've talked about this in the audio description project that, you know, the having a bad experience and being frustrated and going back two or three times and experiencing the same negative experience. I mean, how often do you want to put yourself through that? And it's, yeah. 
it isn't well, right. I, it isn't yeah, fair, but yeah. it is what's happening. And if we're going to fix it, you know, we have to keep pushing back and saying, right. you know, this should work. I'm going to come back next week. And that's what Carl did with the most mm -hmm. recent episode he had. He said, I'm coming back next week. I expect you to have it working for me at that time. I mean, yeah. how many free tickets can we choose, you know? <laughs> so. in, in, in my case, the trouble is that, <clears throat> you know, I t generally go with my family. And so it's, it's my daughter who is out advocating. I'm, I'm sort of sitting in there waiting mm -hmm. for something to happen. And it's not fair. It's not fair to her. Yeah. I, well, I have yeah. to say that one strategy that I learned from Dan Spoon was before he goes into the theater, he gets the cell phone number for the customer service agent that handed him the equipment. And he said, I want your cell phone number. If I have a problem in that theater, I'm not going to be able to come out and find you. And so I want your phone number and I will call you. If there is a problem, I will call you. And that's I actually a good idea. In, a great you know? idea. So yeah. I just think that's the smartest idea. And we've been talking about in, in ADP um, doing like a one page tip sheet on what you can do to advocate at the theater for audio description. And that is one of the, the tips we want to give people is to mm -hmm. get the phone number, say, then I'll call you if there's a problem. If it works great, we're all going to be happy. But if it's not working great, I'm not happy and I have to call you. Yep. So, Larry, will you watch um, audio description or not audio description? Or do you typically want to get audio description? I, I, my problem is that I have so little time. There's so much stuff going on. That <laughs> I hear that. I, that I'll start watching something and fall asleep. Um, and also, I'm brand, almost brand new to the world of smart TVs. It's only been three or four years because um, uh, I didn't bother with it because I would never watch it much anyway. But I will watch audio-described information. I am so far behind. I remember Mason in Ireland, which is a sports talk show here in Los Angeles. They do sports, but they also talk about a lot of stuff that's happening and trending. Uh -huh. And for weeks, five years ago, whenever it was, they talked about Game of Thrones. I've never seen it. I've heard about it. Uh, and I've never, I assumed it was described audibly, but I've never seen it. So that's one of my goals to find some time to yeah. actually sit down and watch. It. So and we'll it see. wasn't described at all for the longest Original. time. Really? For Correct. The, for the longest time. It, it was described in the UK, but not here. That's right. Ah. Yeah, no, I definitely yeah. want to get into this. I'm going to have to make I time. I think it was yeah. one of, the, I think it's a Hulu show. Carl would know that better. And he, I don't know if he, he dropped off, so he's coming back. Yep. Um, I'm pretty sure it was one of the the early shows we put on the wish list that for Hulu when they started to implement their structured negotiation was you know mm -hmm. you need to do Game of Thrones everybody wants it and you know we just kept saying that and, you know what else do you want well we want Game of Thrones so because exactly. everybody was asking for it so. Yep. But Larry, don't feel no. bad. I haven't watched it either. So yeah, but I want to. I want to. I will it, find it, a way. It, it, in my opinion, um, oh. it 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 is the best uh, the best audio described series that has ever been. That's just my opinion. That's pretty yeah. high high praise, I'd have to yeah. say. No, I yeah. want to watch and, it more. And, and Paul yeah. is all about superlatives. <laughs> he so is. That's an important thing to keep in mind. Now, how about you, Rick? 
our low vision person? Well, um, when I go to theater, I like certainly like to take advantage of audio description. Um, <laughs> one of my, you know, just one of my um, things that I hope about audio description that we can get better with over time is just improving the audio quality of of the whole experience. Um, I mean, it just never ceases to frustrate me when I go to a theater and, you know, I have to have the ear pieces half of my ear and half off so that I can still get the benefit of what's going on with the musical score and that type of thing. Right. Um, There's no question that we have some inconsistencies in terms of the equipment and how it operates. Carl, you go to a theater, you told me, where they pipe both the movie soundtrack and the audio description through the headset, right? Oh, is Carl I, not back? Yeah, I, well, they, they, they I think do he that fell here. off and hasn't come back yet. So Yeah, gotcha. the, well, there's a theater here in Waltham, Brian, that does that, the Embassy Theater. Um, I haven't been there in a while. Uh, and, and, and one thing that, you know, we've had the pleasure of experiencing recently is um, uh, over at the Opera House, uh, they were using, they, they started using some digital equipment. Exactly. And, and just the, the quality of that was far superior uh, from a standpoint of not having to have a lot of RF interference, which, you know, seems to plague the, um, the traditional systems that, you know, leverage the same, um, same hardware that we, that we use for assistive yeah. devices. Yeah. Most of the big chains seem to use digital now, but they have also made the decision, or at least all the ones that I've been to in the last three or four years, that all their broadcasting <clears throat> is the audio description. Um, and right, so they're not piping the regular soundtrack. They, the they are not. They are not. Well, like Rick said, you know, I always have the headphones half on, half off. So because why would I go to see a movie at a big theater and not take advantage of the big theater sound quality? Yep. Yeah. You know, and, and like they're already doing um, for uh, those that are hearing impaired, they're already doing, you know, the soundtrack through headphones. Sure. Yes. Um so piping the audio description on top of that, you know. Um, so so, anyways, it, I, I'm I'm a bit of an audiophile, and and that but, kind of stuff just drives but, me crazy. But but as a person with partial vision, um, I I think when when we talk, you indicated that you think there are some things that audio description misses that they ought to include. Yeah, that would that was my point last week. Um, you know, I mean, when I go to a movie, I often sit in the front of the theater and I sometimes leave, you know, get angry at stuff that is not described. Um, you know, I often go with a, with a daughter of mine, you know, with one of my two daughters who will pick up some of the nuance that the audio uh -huh. description isn't, isn't picking up. And I certainly understand the, you know, the, um, limitations, the, the limitations yeah. and, I, you know, one thing that's interesting about live description that we have here in the Boston area is there's a pre-show, which to some extent can send can set a little bit of context to things which you don't have for movies, right? Um, and uh, you know they, that's one thing that we as blind people, 
um, have a hard time judging is just how how accurate is the description? How complete is the description? Right, we get and, and we I get. and I will tell you that it's often <clears throat> really not hitting the mark, in my opinion. There's uh, there based, are on, based on what I can see. Huh? Sure, there are certainly limitations relative to the time they have within the dialogue. Um, they have to make some decision. I don't have enough time to say it's blue and that it's ragged. So what do I say? The ragged coat or the blue coat? Right? Yeah. So there, there's going to be times that they're just between a rock and a hard place in that regard. But there are times when you wonder whether or not the description described appropriately the red herring in a mystery. You know, the the thing I, that was subtle, but, you know, very right. important to the whole nature of the plot uh, and those kinds of things. I've noticed recently that there's a number of times when um, something is so visually complicated that I don't know how a sighted person notices everything that's on the screen at a given time. Um, some of the animations, uh, what was that? Uh, was it Coco? Yeah. Was one. Um, and then the, the most recent one, God, I can't remember its name. But there was visually so many things going on that the sighted person I was with watching it kept hitting the pause button. Because, they, you know, this was happening in the upper left part of the screen, and this was happening in the lower right part of the screen. And they just, it was happening so fast. Like Carl was saying, you know, that length of time on a single shot is so short that it's hard to get all the nuances in there, even for a sighted person. But and my, I, and how do you pick, how do you pick what you're going to get? Because my wife will often, who's sighted, will often say it. Oh, that's not the thing I would have highlighted with that short amount of time. I would have right. highlighted that because that's more important to the storytelling yeah, than precise. this. Yep. That's precisely exactly what point. I'm saying. That's exactly. My, yeah, that's precisely my so, point. So there's the, I'm curious, do we have any hands raised at this point? No, not currently. Not oh, currently. Sheila, she, nope, Sheila. So now. We do. Sheila Young just raised her hand. Hey, Sheila. <laughs> Hello, everybody. How are you? you we're, we're all doing well, I think. We depends de mouths, right? depends yeah. on your question, Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a question. <laughs> then we're good. <laughs> I just, my, my comment is, Paul said, you know, I wonder how many, how many blind people say they only listen to things audio described. I am about to turn off my cable. And Carl, I sent you an email a couple of weeks ago and you haven't written me back. So I will reach out to you again. But um, I have gotten a Netflix account that was probably one of the worst things I ever did. Because now all I want to do is listen to audio description on Netflix. And unfortunately, if I find something that isn't described that I've wanted to see, but it's not described, I won't, I won't sit and listen to it. Yep. So, yep. you know, I just miss so much now by not having the audio description. Yeah. 
And I am just so grateful that so much more is coming out audio described. I've learned that Netflix is coming out with all the lights we cannot see. Oh, that was soon. a great Oh, it's a great book. So uh, I think audio description is more important than ever. Yes. Because the language, and I don't want to get too, but the language of film and television has changed. It used to be you would do a a long shot to establish the shot and then a medium shot and then a close up and that was about it, right? Now they're doing all kinds of cutting and everything. Nobody knows what's going on. It's so rapid right. and it has a lot to do how the process of editing has changed. It used to be you did it by hand so you didn't have that much time to, and now you do it over computers so they can play all they want and it's just so audio description, you miss even my wife says, oh, I missed that. Rewind it and she's fully excited. Right. And and a lot, of, I mean, my sister's watching Virgin Rivers with me and she's listening to the audio description. So, and she cited. So. Is that a good show? Oh, I love Virgin Rivers. I like but it. I agree. I yeah. love it. I agree. Love it. I've and never seen so it. So, Sheila, I want to tell you a little bit about all the, um, all the light we cannot see because, uh-huh. of course, that movie has a major blind character. I know. And Netflix hired. A, a blind girl, blind actress I from know. Rhode Island, who I've known since she was five years old. Makes me oh, feel a little old that now she's yay. all grown up. Yay. And she's an actress in France right now, finishing the movie. And uh, but she that's um, pretty amazing. It, so what, is, what is it? What is this all the light you cannot see? What is that about? It's a blind oh girl who's um, is it World War Two? Yes, is it yes. World War Two? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. and um her father is trying to protect her and it, it just it's a wonderful wonderful story and that's on netflix it's uh, going it, to be it, it, it will be it's not yet yeah they're, they're still filming, filming it. it in france yeah. right, right now but it, they but, did they did say it's to be announced when it's coming out but it is coming out and they're they're currently filming uh rebecca alexander's memoir of a, a woman who has Usher syndrome, Netflix is also doing that. So they're obviously doing a little bit of representation. So this, that's, that's about amazing. a blind woman, and this is about a deaf blind woman. So that's kind of cool. Amazing, yeah. It is. I, I'm just, it but is. I'm just so absolutely enthralled with audio description in any fashion, mm-hmm. because if I didn't have it, I would miss more than. Absolutely. You know, anything. And, so and just to tell you her name so you can watch for her future, because I think she's going to have a long career. Uh-huh. You start your acting career in a major Netflix film. I think you're going to go places. Impressed. Her yeah. name exactly. is Aria M- Mia Loberti. So, okay. Very well, Italian name. Anyway, I'm listening, guys. So, <laughs> Sheila, thank question you. for you. Yes, what sir. Are your you, favorite? Now, are yeah. you now a binge watcher? Yeah. I am starting to do that and I don't like it. <laughs> I can't I tell myself two episodes then walk That's away. That's what I'm trying to do, but it's not away. working, Brian. It's hard. It's, it's, it's hard. It's such a also, letdown when you get to the end of the season and there's no more to watch. I, know. I also have, to it have destroyed I cannot watch anything with television commercials anymore. I know the streaming <laughs> services are all gonna start off in two tiers, one with commercials and one with not. For affordability, I will pay the higher price every single time. Oh, amen. Amen. So, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, Brian. I just, I, I did that with, um, I'm, I'm now listening to Sweet Magnolias, and I just can't, I can't stop it. <laughs> I got to, I got to. Uh, 
I don't want to be that person. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to either. And Carl convinced me to um, get a Netflix account because of all of his promotions and all the things we've done. <laughs> and so I got one. And I, I Martha, so. yes, all of your audio description stuff that I've been listening to for the past year. Cool. There you go. So, <laughs> so I, I would say this. I'm sitting down in my little home office. And over the past two days, I installed a fire stick on the monitor of my computer. So now I can switch between using it as a monitor and using it as a television. And I got the four services running Netflix, um, Amazon Prime, uh, Cancel, uh, also um, Disney Plus. It can and do Disney Plus, HBO, Hulu, all of them. Yeah. Right, right. It can do all of them, but there are four buttons on the remote for <laughs> yeah. four right. specific ones, right? So I've got those four up and running now because the other thing that happens in our household is our TV is in the living room and we have four adults. And getting four adults to agree to watch the same program at the same time is rather difficult. Yeah. So. I now have the ability to just whatever they're watching for the 14th time, an NCIS program, I can come down here and watch something different. One of the things that amazes me, though, since we're talking about hardware, is, is the range of options that, that we now have in terms of that. Um, you know, when I, when, when I got sick last year and moved up to Jacksonville, I ended up buying a TV. Um, and, and it was after that, that I ended up cutting the cord and I, and I got a TV that had, it was, a one, one of the Amazon TVs. So it, so it had the a lady built in and it right. also, and it also had, um, their, their voice system so that I could read the screen. Um, voice view. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the amazing thing is, I mean, that TV then was for like a, I don't know, 43 inch was like $250. It's mm-hmm. nothing. Yep. But as and, Paul, just to educate the community listening, all the major brands now have what they call smart TV where, with voice screen readers built in. Panasonic, Sony, Toshiba, Insignia, LG. I have an LG. Um, right. The, the, fight, the um, Insignia, which is probably what you have, it sounds like. Or yeah. the yeah, I mean, so all the, thanks to the passage of the CVAA, all the major brands have, um, Samsung's another one, they all have that ability. Um, and, and But you can also buy peripheral devices you can hook up for those that have dumb TVs, meaning no connection to the internet. Correct. Such as the Roku, the Apple TV, the Fire Stick, the yep. Brian previously mentioned. So we have more, you, you're absolutely right, we have more options and ways to do it than ever before. And the other thing that I was going to say, just to sort of put it cross T's, when when the the uh, the folks from um, Comcast were showing their TV um, at the convention, when I came home, I priced their TVs with 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 their their fancy remote and the whole nine yards, and they're cheaper than the TV that I just bought. Yep, very true. The hot, though they're in a partnership with Walmart for the high cent line, yeah. Uh, and 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 you're right. You can buy a 50 inch for like 250 bucks. 
<clears throat> and I and, am actually thinking about making that my computer monitor. Right, right. Because it's it, so but cheap. it's. I, I think that the, the point that I'm making with all of this is, <clears throat> whereas I thought I, I really thought I was going to suffer by cutting the cord last year, Matt, and I, I did either satellite or cable for the last 25 years, probably. And and the truth is, I haven't missed it. Well, and even if you cut the cord, your TV can still get four broadcast networks that do 87 and a half hours per quarter of audio description, meaning CBS, NBC, ABC, yeah. and Fox. So not only do you have access to the streaming services, yep. I, I can still watch, if we take CBS for an example, because they virtually have... Mm-hmm their whole entire primetime lineup offered. I use my TV for broadcast, and I don't have cable, but I still can get network television with audio description using an over-the-air antenna. Exactly. And and the -the over-the-air antenna doesn't cost more than $30, even for a pretty good one. You can buy one for $20 now. Yep, you can. So I'm curious, are there any other hands? Yes, raised? there are. We have Meryl Schechter. <clears throat> Good Hello, evening. Meryl. Hi, Meryl. Everyone. Hi. Can you hear me? Yep. We sure can. can. Great. And Carl, I had the pleasure of meeting you in the airport. And my friend Beverly, who came with me to the convention, said, there's someone blind near here. And I said, that sounds like Carl Richardson, because I knew his voice, you know. So we had a yeah, great we were sitting <laughs> next to each other. Yeah, we had we go. sat next to each other on the plane. We had a great discussion. And who did I call on your behalf? Yes, um, you actually called um, Kim. Uh, no, Roy. Yeah. Roy. <laughs> oh, Roy. I'm sorry, Roy Samuelson. Yeah. No. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that was exciting. Um, anyway, um, what I wanted to say to everyone is. Yes, I had an experience in the theater one time, but it was only one bad experience in the movie theater where they did no, not know how to set the audio description device correctly. And so I understand that if it's not tuned to a particular frequency, it won't work. Um, but that was the only drawback in one experience. But I've been to live theater in Baltimore and D.C., uh, with plays and audio described plays and they've been fantastic plus all the other uh, movies that I've seen in the theaters plus the TV I do have an ex- insignia TV also nice there you go yeah so, so you're a you. big time yeah. big time consumer uh, tell us uh, a couple of quick things mm-hmm. one what to you makes a quality audio described event or movie what is the what would you say the top three most important things are to you? Um, clarity, you know, the audio describer has to have a very clear, distinct voice. Um, mm-hmm. They also have to be a good describer. As you said, you know, you can't have something, that you can't have something spoken fast, but it doesn't mean anything. It has to be coherent. Um, and plus, um, I believe that the audio describer has to really be passionate about what they're doing because there are some audio describers that are not passionate about what they're doing. And if they don't have passion, what's the point in them doing it? It's interesting that you say that, Meryl, because there are some schools of thought 
And you're talking about the narrators, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So to spool the thought and the debate between different narrators, some say your job is to be um, neutral and to allow the viewer to figure out the... Mm-hmm. So, for instance... Emotional stuff, of, right, yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, the narrator should be a 5, okay? Mm-hmm. But yeah. then there are others, like, I can't remember the guy's name. I used to love him even though he was a bit over the top, Miles, he passed away now. But for those of us who listen to audio description, Miles Neff. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Yep. He, was, he was kind of fun to listen to. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, yeah, generally speaking, I um, one, if you can't hear it, it doesn't do you any good. So there has to be good audio balance yeah. between what you're watching and the narrator. That That's number one. Number two, you have to feel, I think that you do want it. If it's a car chase, you don't want the car is chasing him down the street. It is very fast. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. The car is racing down the street. It's going very fast. Which you want would that you intensity. To be listening to? Yeah, you want the you intensity. Want you don't want to a monotone description. Right. Mm-hmm. You want it yeah. to match the scene, right? Mm-hmm. If yeah. it's a whispery scene, I'd like the audio description to be a bit whispery too. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, as part of it. So that's what you mean by bringing a passion to yes. it. Yes. Uh, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. It, Great. Well, thank you very parallels, much. It parallels um, the philosophy of talking books as well, mm-hmm. because exactly. in the early days of talking books, the philosophy was, you know, you are the conduit from the author to the listener, and don't don't get over don't overdo it. And and now we have lots of books that there's a lot more presenting almost performing you know in a lot of the commercial audio books that we now have exposure to with talking books is the same way we're getting more used to that well and and every every commercial audio book describes itself as being performed not read they don't narrate or read they perform yeah well and and to me the mix and, and i'm a huge movie buff as many of you know but I'm also a huge movie score buff. I literally have hundreds and hundreds of movie scores that I own because I like to listen to movie score music. So I get upset. I want to hear the narration, but I don't want it to... And I don't mean it can't go on the same time. It can absolutely... But it has to be balanced in a way that I can distinguish, distinguish between both the movie score. And I listened to one the other day with Texas Speech on a James Bond movie, and they stepped over every... John Barry musical cue, it drove me crazy. Yep. <laughs> wow. Very good. Okay, do we have Thank another you. hand up? Yes, Ibrahim has his hands raised. Ibrahim. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing, uh, guy? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to comment on uh, not being a good balance between audio narration and the movie. And I noticed that a lot on um, Hulu movies and TV shows. I was watching one. <laughs> called um, Only Murders in the Building, which was an exclusive. And unfortunately, the audio description was very low and uh, almost non-existent to hear on top of the people talking. So I think they need to fix that a little. So I think gotcha. the, the balance... I've the balance. been watching that series too. And I, I agree with you that... What's that series the called? The balance is not... I'll write it down. I got it. Murders. I'll send it to you. Okay. It's Murders called, it's in called, the Building. Only murders in the building. Only murders. Only murders in the building. Okay. In the building. Yes. Yes. 
anyway, of, it's, it's, it's really quite a fascinating show. And without description, you, would not, you, you wouldn't be able to follow it at all. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Unfortunately, Abraham Brian. <laughs> Say what? Have you noticed the same thing Abraham's commenting yes, that, on with respect absolutely. to that? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Now, one of the things that's happening is you should, under some circumstances, be able to adjust the volume of the narration versus the volume of the main track. Yeah. There's, okay. There's some controls on some devices. On. On but all it's, of the, it's in the TV, right? On all of the new insignia machines uh, allow you allow you to make a determination about how much you want the audio description to stick out. Mm-hmm. You mean like yeah. a specific volume inside the app that might say no, it's in volume? There, there is a it's 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 where you're setting up the other controls for audio description. Yeah, okay. Um and and it will it will allow you it'll allow you to increase the audio description volume. There are usually three levels. Okay. Um, it's not it's not a slider control. If there are third, okay. I've only I'll, seen I'll three levels. Low. Yeah, I'm medium low. There is um, there is a, so there's a movie theater near where Kim and Brian live that I go to on a regular basis, and one of the reasons I go there is because they have it. It's one device for both. Um, amplified audio and assistive listen device, but the control volume are on two different sides. And if you know what you're doing, you can independently manually adjust the volume level so you can get the mix that works for you here. And I love it. What, what's the name cool. of the movie theater called? It's in one, oh, Abraham, I forgot. You're local, but right? Majestic so, 7 in Watertown yeah. at the Arsenal. Oh, okay. Room. I know what that is. Majestic yeah. 7. Yeah. That very um, good in, uh, in Arsenal Street, I think. Uh huh. Correct. Yeah, you okay. Got it. You got well, one, it. One, more que- one more question. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sure. Sure. Uh, I was wondering if you guys have heard anything more some Comcast regarding Peacock accessibility. We yeah. we have been working on it, and we actually have um, I'll call it a punch list of of things that were we're not because we're going to punch them but because that's our our working list of things yeah. that that we're bringing to Comcast and saying you know we've been we've been waiting we've been waiting for a while mm-hmm. and we think that it's time that something needs to happen with this so so we are definitely pushing with Comcast to get more okay. accessibility to Peacock I like that because they have a lot of good things on ports it's not are not accessible on iOS, as far as I can tell. Yep. Well, sure it's, it's certainly not easy. And if you want to use audio description, at least my experience with Peacock on my phone is that is that you have to turn audio description on for every time you want to watch something new. Yeah, right. so, it doesn't stick. It does not no. stick. Um, with 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 service Peacock. Peacock. Peacock yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know okay. the app was doing that actually, so that's a good piece of information to make sure yeah. we get it on our list. Yeah, well, that's it is. Not an it, Apple thing. It's a Peacock, not the. No, it's it's. Apple. Oh no, yeah. it's a Peacock thing because. I, uh, I think it's a Peacock yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. A okay. Well, thing. thank you, Abraham. I appreciate your call. Thank you. Who else do we have? Up Sherry there? has her hand raised. Sherry. Hey, Sherry. And after Sherry, I want to ask these guys a couple of questions, Brian. Hey, yep. Sherry, go for it. 
Oh, Sherry. Sherry may unmute. Sherry. Sherry, baby. Baby. So. We're not getting Sherry. I'm I'm, going to kind of ask my questions. Um, I, I, I guess that. I've been I've been kind of thinking about this theater experience because one of the problems <clears throat> and I'm and I'm sure you guys know this. Okay, I, can so you I'm, hear me now? Yes. Yes. Go ahead, Jerry. Yes. I'm sorry. Go I, ahead. I was looking for it. I didn't see it there. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, me and my partner Isaac were both totally blind, and we were watching Netflix, and it had a Better Call Saul for five seasons, and it was audio described, and we watched it. And then, you know, for a while, um, and then finally season six came out and it's not audio described and it's no longer on Netflix, even though it's a Netflix original. But no, we it's could not find a Netflix it. original. Uh, yeah, it, we, aired, it aired on AMC first. Yeah, uh-huh. well, we went to AMC and season six is not audio described. And Correct. even on Prime Video, it's not audio described. So how can they have five seasons of something and they claim to be a Netflix original? How mm-hmm. can they have five seasons audio described and then all of a sudden the sixth season isn't? I'll tell you that, again, when it comes to streaming services, there is no legal requirement established that they must do anything. So that, that's one thing. The other thing is this whole idea of it's an original. It's a, it's a bit of a shell game when companies claim something is an original. Um, Hulu does the same thing. It says a Hulu original and you find out that it's been elsewhere or yeah. they just have exclusive rights to it right now. So this, it, it's kind of, to me, it's kind of like olive oil, which most olive oil that claims it's extra virgin isn't even exclusively olive oil there's no labeling requirement and that's the same thing dealing with this term original Um, well that's not really the issue though the issue is that do they originally when they produce the 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 product do they audio describe it because you know is it something to do with the app that they don't uh they don't want that version of it or they don't allow you to select that option or you know, just like Yellowstone, you know, we watched three seasons of that. It is audio described somewhere, but mm-hmm. on the original broadcasting at Paramount and those, it's not audio described over there. If you if you uh, subscribe to their uh, service, you know, it, you can't see it on Peacock. Also, the same thing. We are we are it's working hard of the- to try to get the audio description to go with the main audio at the time that it moved from one service to another. You're absolutely right. It should happen, but there is no requirement under but law. But is there a copy that of that product that's audio described? Is, is it audio described when they produce the, 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 the series? You're, you're no, asking it's about after season the fact six. And post-production. After the yeah, fact during production, post-production. Yeah. Post-production. But do the companies that produce it pay for that? Do they pay for it? Yes. Well, it... (laughs) It, uh, it, It's absolutely a complicated scenario because 
yes, they could pay for it. Sometimes in order just to get it described when when a, a service gets the contract for that content, they will get it described if it wasn't. So, um, and I missed I missed the name of the series you guys are watching. Yeah, Yellowstone and Better Call Saul are two. What's the second one? Yellowstone. Better Call Saul. Oh, Better Call Saul. Okay, got which it. Which is the it. prequel to, and they're right. I was in season four. A breaking Bad. It's it's a rough uh-huh. story, uh, yeah, a Breaking. I was bad, in yeah. season four. So, are you telling me it's no longer on Netflix? Because I'm about to be very upset. No, it, it's on Netflix. Without description. They don't have season six there. They've got it oh, five. Oh, four and five. Right. But they will get season six. They just get it like after it aired. Uh, maybe. Has season six been out for a while or is it no, yeah, really the, the, it's season six, part one and part two? They, they're releasing it as part one. And we got that somewhere else. It's not on uh, Netflix. Well, we got that even on audio. It just ended airing on American Movie Channel on cable. And so my guess is Netflix will get the remainder episode. But AMC first probably had the first right of air because we always right. got the seasons about a year after the fact. But let me ask much, you this. Yeah. If if it is audio described, these services, instead of making that an option for us, can they just not keep that? Do they don't have to have it audio described? That's what I'm asking. If yes, it's they, post-production, yes, they describe they can. it. But when they get it, they don't give you an option to listen to it audio described. That, that's their option. Now to if, do they that. Didn't, that is. if they didn't get the audio files, and one thing we've been working on for a while, and we continue to work on it, is kind of the principle that the accessibility files, i.e. the caption files and the audio description files, stay with the product. Right now, the industry, they have content people that negotiate agreements to get all this content. And and adding the audio description is one of the negotiating terms they have. And we don't want it to be a term in a contract that somebody can negotiate. We just want accessibility to come done you know you're, you right. don't get to yes. negotiate it you go you don't get to barter for whether you're going to have accessibility or not it's just I mean, it, going to be does, there does it cost them more money if they get it that way or is it a is it a dollars issue there with with that with the, with the... oh if it's already been audio described for broadcast they want it, it started out on cbs and it goes to netflix later like csi no it's not costing uh netflix any more money to acquire it because it's just part of the package. Does it cost CBS more money? Kind of, but it's such a drop in the bucket. We're talking like $1,500 an hour-long episode. I mean, that's what they spend on their craft services, on production. It's nothing. But the best company I've heard audio described is uh, Descriptive Works. Uh, I think that's what it's called. Audio Descriptive Video Works. Works. Uh-huh. Out of Canada. Oh, yeah, that is a good company. I, I love their audio description when they when they do it. I, I'm what, really impressed with how they do it. No, what, what I think we can tell you um, is that when it comes to Netflix, it will probably have audio description. Okay. But, but the reason that it doesn't now is because AMC never did. Right. Correct. Well, here's something else I read. 
that these companies that produce it, they like to give people rights to it. They're making money doing that, you know, like Peacock and Philo. And sure. Philo is another issue altogether because when I talk to them, they don't have any audio description. They don't have that capability on their streaming service is what I found out. Yeah. Is that is that right or wrong? There, there are a lot that don't. Yeah, okay. there, there are a lot that don't care enough. I mean, they just don't, they don't want to and they're not required to. Right. Well, they were pretty open to me when I talked to them. They said, well, we're looking into it and I'm going to make that, a, you know, something they're going to discuss. So maybe something will happen. And so yeah. that's a pretty reasonable price service. Mm -hmm. Philo. Well, again, they're, they're, when, when we're talking about all these possible services, we have to understand that CVAA covers very specific things with requirements. Everything else is a We'd like you to do it. It's not going to cost you a lot. We advocate for you to do it. Your competitors are doing it. And right. I'm making a purchase decision based on whether you do it or not. I will not be purchasing your service if you do not provide for audio description. I note yes. that this and that is audio described elsewhere, but not on your channel. So you don't even have to audio describe it you simply have to ask for the right files and pass it through right so, and pass it through so what we need to do is mimic or copy what the deaf community did in the first version of the cvaa what to say if it's ever been captioned the caption must follow the product and, yep. and we need to do the same thing in the yeah next that, that is the that next. is true yeah. but they probably have a bigger audience you know that's the thing they have a well, bigger audience that does yeah. that and uh well, keep yeah. in mind, they've been around for 20 plus years. years. Yeah. We're oh, yeah. actually following the same track. Just like Brian mentioned earlier, the streaming services are not required. Are, who's the, when you talk to people about this, uh, what kind of answers are they giving you? Are we we're thinking about it or yeah. good idea? They are thinking about it. And like Kim mentioned, let's go the audio project yeah. you're breaking up carl you were breaking yeah. up a little bit but but we, and we've even had very preliminary but i have heard philo mentioned in a couple of our conversations that that they're looking into it but there were some legitimate technical issues that they've encountered but they're thinking about what they can do to resolve that and and acb is is doing some work in that area with respect to just you know, being able to work with industry to try to talk about the, some of the technical things and some of the audio quality issues that have been brought up here tonight with respect to what Rick said, Brian, Carl, you know, trying to get a better sound quality when you spend a lot of money for a surround sound system in your living room with your stereo and your music and your TV. And then the description comes in, it's mono. You know, why do we have to have a lesser quality experience than anybody else who listens to television? In fact, our experience ought to be even better because audio is so critical. Yeah, to we what care we're more doing. about the sound. Exactly. Exactly. Course, exactly. Yeah. So, so we are making some significant strides with respect to the sound yeah. quality issue that I think is going to pay off. Hopefully, within the next you know year or so, we're, we will mm -hmm. see a shift in in the quality of the sound, and that that will be really exciting. You're starting starting to see it in the world of streaming. Broadcasting cable right. has a, is a little more 
constrained, but I think you will, Kim's right, ADP is working on a number of things. I think you will start, in terms of sound quality, you'll start to see, we still have to work a lot to do. We need to create, the part of the problem is broadcast, cable, and streaming all have different file types. So they all have to work together to create a, a standardization of files for the audio description to follow. That's number one. And then number two is half the time the distribution arm of the services that are selling the show don't even know audio description files exist. So the right. the big organizations such as, let's say, HBO, they have a video department, they have a theatrical department, they have a distribution department, and they have a television department. They don't know what each other's doing. So they have to do a better job of communicating. Well, I know I read where Ty Warner fought it tooth and nail to the very last day before it's like I have HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And that app was terrible. You could, you, and then finally, they've got it. The app is a lot better. And there are some audio descriptive stuff over there on that. So There is. Sir, what is your name? Isaac. It's Isaac. Hey, Hi, Isaac. Isaac. Yeah. So he's with Sherry. So Isaac. <laughs> it's yeah. Isaac and Sherry, right? Yeah. Isaac, thank yeah, you for your correct. call, sir. We appreciate well, it. We appreciate well, it very much. Thank, thank, thank you for talking to me and giving me some information. Thanks. Yeah, thank sure. thank you. You have Peggy Ann has her hand raised. Let's Am go for it, Brian. No, no, you're good. I can hear you. Okay, how do I get muted? Oh uh-huh. no, you go ahead. Talk to us. No, no, no. I'm I'm this Sherry. Is Sherry. To mute oh. Sherry to oh, Sherry. No, gotcha. <laughs> Okay. Go for it, Miss Peggy Ann. Hi. Um, I think you're kind of talking about kind of my question. I ha- do not have cable. Um, I have regular and uh, network, you know, the regular network TV with the uh, with the antenna. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I've noticed is when I watch the prime time shows. There are some of them, you know, not everything, but a lot of them are audio described when they're repeated on like, um, like syndication, like in Mm -hmm. the weekends or on another channel, they're not audio described. Is that because they don't get the files because of the company purchasing them? Or what is the issue that I I thought was interesting because they're in Spanish, like when they're um, yeah. Um, so the one they're not legally required, those stations that the show get sold to are not legally required. So I, I, I don't want to be a cynic, but my guess is the, the Ford network to do it and the five cable network do it because they're legally required to do so. And we saw that when the mandate was dropped. CBS I, was the only one that stuck, CBS and Fox were the only two out of the nine that stuck around. So that's number one. But two, the files do not always go with the show. Okay. A lot of times with the with the um, syndicated other networks that carry the show, um, ION is is a network that, that carries quite a bit of syndicated content, and they do pass through descriptions sometimes. Not always, but they're kind of a newcomer, and they are carrying some descriptions. Sci-Fi carries some description on a few things, but... One of the best um, syndicated, you know, stations where you could watch a lot of content is USA, and they have stuck with it. They keep description, although they're not one of the top five cable providers. 
anymore. They, they anymore exactly. They they still are um, committed to audio description, and part of that is because they're a subsidiary of NBC, and NBC's committed. I was just going to say, and all the networks you just mentioned, all are. Yeah. And yeah. the and the other thing that we should say is. Right now, there's really only one on television network TVs. There's there's really only one option for an audio description channel. And so effectively, that means that whoever is broadcasting the shows needs to make a choice whether they want to have a Spanish soundtrack or whether they want to have an audio description soundtrack. Okay. And so a lot of the times when it gets transferred to a syndicated network, they think they're going to get more by having the Spanish version because they don't they don't even perhaps know that the audio description one is available. Yeah, hopefully that'll change with Next Generation TV, which is starting to launch nationwide now, slowly. Right, right. Um, and I don't want to confuse people, but I'm hoping that'll change. Um, there's a rulemaking, another rulemaking, but the FCC just put out a proposal saying, to the network, okay, you promised us you would improve accessibility with the next iteration. What are you doing? And they're, they're, they're calling them out. So hopefully we'll see some changes. And, and one of the changes that we're, that we're obviously hoping for is, is to have a larger number of channels that are available for Correct. different audio. Correct. <clears throat> exactly. Well, thank you for calling. And again... You're an example of, you know, uh, the least expensive way you can access audio description is with the TV with an antenna. Yep. Yes. Uh, that is the least expensive approach. Uh, and you are guaranteed access through that. It doesn't mean it's perfect. It isn't. It's 87 plus hours on the major networks. Uh, but you get those major networks uh, on that antenna-based television. Where, Thank you, where do you for calling. Where do you live, Peggy Ann? Um, Maryland. What part? In Maryland. Um, Glen Burnie. Okay. It's Glen near, Burnie. it's halfway between Baltimore and Annapolis. Oh. So that's, one of the, that's one of the major markets. It is. Yes. So you're it absolutely is. is covered. Yeah. That's, that's why I was asking. There there are some rules, and since we talked, since I raised it, we might as well talk about it without going into detail. There, there are still rules that that set populations where where the the DMA, the, the designated the, market, area. right? Yeah, where where the rules apply, and and you you're in a major market area, which is why yeah. I was asking you, so so that you should get um, everything that's out there. So we're currently up to the 70 top markets in terms of rating, okay? In terms of rating set by Nielsen, we're currently up to the top 70. They're supposed to add an additional 10 markets per year till we hit 100. Now, we're here for interesting about that. While they're going to stop at 100 based on the CBAA, the CBAA also said, that every single market, regardless of their size, is supposed to have the ability to play emergency notifications over the SAP channel. So in theory, every single market should also be able to play audio description. Yep, in yeah. theory. And that actually means every single channel in every single market. Uh, you're probably right. Yeah. 
it, uh, it's not going to happen that way. But no. that's, I think, what the rule means. So thank you much for calling. And do we have another hand? Yes, you do. Um, Chris from Texas. Hey, Chris. Chris from Texas. Audio description in Texas. I got a question. You just have to <laughs> just have to unmute. Hey, hey, Chris from Texas. Don't you just don't mind Brian? Okay, he's he's just <laughs> fooling with you. Oh boy! <laughs> no, he's not coming over. Hey, Chris. Unmute. Yeah, see, just, you frightened him away, Brian. You just no. did that to him. No, 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 no. <laughs> So I have to well, say we, that one of one of the quirky things and what I was going to teach Chris about was this whole business of uh, having an Englishman do the audio description of a Western. Hello. Hello. Is that Chris? Hey, Chris. Is that Chris? Hi. Yeah, I got the request just now. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. So my question is about TCM. I watch TCM Turner Classic Movies mm -hmm. on my Xfinity cable service. Yeah. And I've noticed recently that they seem to be dropping or stripping away the audio description files from their movies that they previously had the audio description file for. For instance, like A Streetcar Named Desire, I DVR'd that one a couple of weeks ago. And when I went to play it back, a couple of weeks ago, it was fine. Had the audio description file. But then like a week or so ago, I went to play it back again. And even though it said it had audio description, it was no longer there. So one of two things, either TCM isn't passing that through or your cable affiliate didn't turn it on. Kim, that we can use our mutual contact at Time Warner to look into. Sure. Okay. Um, if definitely. And uh, well, I, I know I've heard this about YouTube when somebody records description content that it only stays no, in the DVR. So for a certain length of time, and then the description goes away. And I've no, never but that's the cloud DVR. Yeah, that YouTube maintains. This is different, and this is different. This is like my DVR for Comcast or something because you said Xfinity, so right. it is the same. She, well, no, it's different in that if she has the app turned on, it should record it. What yeah. YouTube does is they don't, you're, you push record, but you're not recording your own personal version. You record, they're actually, you're not recording. You're just pulling from a file that they have in the cloud. So everybody right. gets the same thing. It's completely different. Wow. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I, we, we can we can check into that and find out okay. what because my well, understanding is they haven't you know they're not stepping back and they probably I, are not aware. I, I think because they've been committed for a long time to just. I think your issue is a good one, and and yeah. Kim, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much we get on the audio description project page of uh, of listing TCM movies that are being audio described. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't I don't know where they if they show up on the TV listings or I, if they show up yeah. in the title listings. I'm not sure because it I'm is not, broadcast. So. They used to have yeah. a dedicated phone line. TCM used yeah. to have a dedicated phone line you could call into. But mm -hmm. that's a good point. Um uh I'm writing that down. Yeah, well, they, they seem to be you know purposely doing it because there was another movie called The Heiress with Olivia de Havilland, and that one definitely had audio description. And then you know months later they played it again, and it did not specify that it had audio description in the in the information part of it, and it did not contain it. So they they purposely they had that track, and they so, purposely just did not support it anymore. So I'm writing the two movies down. What were the two titles you mentioned? 
A Street Corner Desire. Desire. I got that one. Right. And it was weird because, you know, when I taped it, it had it and I listened to it. I, it's fine. And then I went back, you know, a few weeks later to listen to it. And it's still my recording of it still had the audio description tag in there. You know, it said audio description, English available, audio description available. But then when I played it, it was not there. And then it played A Streetcar Named Desire a week or so ago, just, you know, played on the whatever Friday night. I watched it and it did not say audio description and it was not audio described. So they've dropped that track mm-hmm. purposely from it. And what was the second title? The, the heiress. heiress. Oh, that's right. oh, with, with, um, Olivia, Olivia de Havilland. No, it's Olivia de Havilland's sister. Oh. Uh, uh, not Olivia de Havilland, it's the other one. It's Olivia de Havilland. <laughs> yeah. oh. I thought it was her sister. You sure? Joan Fontaine? No, it's not Joan Yeah, Fontaine. I thought it was Joan Fontaine. <laughs> See, um, these are, these are guys who know much more about movies than I do. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. There you go. Well, thank you for calling in. We appreciate it. But uh, but I think the TCM is a good issue to raise. And I, <laughs> I do, yeah, too. So, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I will personally be happy to work on that one because that's my favorite channel. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. Thanks. Um, phone number six eighty nine. You may unmute. And then Carl, um, Paul, I want to hear those clips you saved for us too. Oh, oh, oh I haven't oh. saved them yet. No, oh, he he hasn't. Time. He doesn't have them. Oh, I, 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 I he have has them, but he hasn't clicked got them. the first couple. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but but we we will we will do another one in about a month, and we'll we'll spend some time talking about the quality of audio. I, I, I think that'll be a really interesting discussion to hear because I have yeah I have heard that that there are quite a few differences, and I've noted some myself. So well, there's there, there I I I I also am entirely on the other side that from you and Carl in terms of <clears throat> um. Well, Kim's probably in the middle. I'm on I, the are you? Yeah. I'm definitely not in Carl's camp when it comes to Texas. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and um, and I, it might I, be kind of fun to find a Brit out there who might join you on your show so we can have a what they like about their audio description and what we like. I like think, maybe I think that would Williams. be fun. I have, yeah. I have contact information for him. He'd probably enjoy that. I think he would. Yeah, it's a little course, late for him. But, poor baby, you know. <laughs> it'd be one thirty, one thirty in the morning for him. Exactly. Well, you well know. if he binge no, watches, it doesn't matter. Are we yeah. also talking about Jonathan? Is that who? We- no, no. It, it, another person I know in England. Dave, but, David Williams used yeah. to used to run ACB radio for a yep. little while, Carl. And then, <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, so I'm, I'm, I want to go back we, to the theater thing for a second, Brian. That's a, okay, that, but I want to know how many hands we have raised at this point. Do we have any hands raised? We have six eighty nine with the last three digits six eighty nine. Um, no, I'm looking for how how many hands? Oh, two, raised. two. Okay, thank you. Have two. Yeah. You have Abraham again and the phone number currently. Very okay. good. So. And that person so, isn't able to unmute at this point. We haven't heard them. So, so Kim mm-hmm. and, and Carl, one of the problems with audio description in, in theaters is that you don't know that it's not working until the movie starts. Um, and, and I wonder if there's something that we can at least begin to advocate for so that maybe there's a test mode or something. Oh, that we you did. Can, 
we did do that before the pandemic, and we got two of the movie chains to do it, and they were doing it. AMC and Regal was doing a test during their promo, you know, for the food. Um, yes, they, you're you're correct. It sometimes happens and sometimes doesn't, but okay. But I've heard them before. Yeah. <clears throat> but so I, we need I, to look at that again. I agree. It, was, it was one of our priorities before the pandemic, and then everything fell apart. And now we're doing a lot of catch up to even get back to right. where things were post pre pandemic. Um, but I think it's a really good point, and I think it's still a priority of of the audio description project to get some kind of a describe message or a test message that would say something so people would know. Because you get all those trailers and you think there's no description, there's no description, but none of those Correct. are described and likely probably won't be because they're all coming from different sources, you know, at the very last minute and they air them and then the film starts and then you're either happy or you're frustrated to pieces. So, yeah, um, it, well, is, uh, it is a good idea. Yeah. And, and I, uh, it's, there's, there's actually, I guess, a, a trick because if you, if you get into the theater and you put your headphones on <clears throat> and you hear something, you've got the wrong device. If the movie hasn't started true. yet, <laughs> you've got the assisted listening device because if exactly. you hear things, yeah, that is true. Um, so anyway, um, so, so that's one thing. And I guess the, the other thing about, uh, about theaters is, are we having any luck persuading theaters that um, they ought to, um, audio described trailers. We haven't really explored that too. We deeply. haven't done a lot of work in that area. I would say not so much, but there is yeah. a there is a um, a group of people that do describe movie trailers. And it's called called Social Audio Description, and they have a podcast, Social Audio Description, and interesting. They do all kinds of movie trailers because and they do extended audio description because yeah. they actually pause the trailer and talk about it. Description and, and often you'll get just a described version of the trailer, and then you'll get an extended version of the trailer with a lot more description because there's a lot of action generally happening in that three minute trailer because they want to give you the most intense, action packed, you know. Uh trailer they can give you to, to suck you into their movie so you'll come so um so the extended description is really interesting to mm -hmm. to listen to and you get so much detail about what's going on it's it's really very interesting and it's social audio description is the name of the podcast you know but we could probably start with one studio and see what happens yeah and, uh, yeah yeah excellent yeah excellent um so um, I guess we can invite Ibrahim to ask his question again or, or his other question if we want. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I came back. <laughs> I, I was wondering um, anything's being done with movie theater, exclusive um, streaming services. Like I noticed AMT, Showcase started to have their own um, streaming services. I wonder if anything's being done on audio description for that. I would have to say I don't think so. Um, there's a lot of streaming services out there. We can only manage to work with so many of them at any given time. 
Okay. But one of our one of our initiatives is communication with, you know, just general. You know, I heard there's a new streaming service, and we get communication off to them saying, you know, we're we're happy to learn about your service. We're talking. We want to know about your commitment to audio description. Um, you know, tell us more. And if you need more information, here's our website, and we'd like to talk to you. You know, without so, kind of Abraham, what service was just sign off? Uh, so, for example, Showcase has a service where they stream all the movies they get in the theater online, and they um, call it Showcase Now. And I just thought, since they all do all the description in their theaters, <coughs> I, th- I thought they may be able to transfer uh, that. I think, that I think the, I, well, one, there's two issues there. They probably, again, they probably don't know what one hand do. The streaming service is probably different from the theatrical division. But also okay. in the theater, the audio tracks are not mixed. Okay. You know what I mean? They're, they're separate standalone files. Uh-huh. So they would, uh-huh. Yeah, the movie soundtrack is outside your headphones yeah. in, the, in the room and the description is in your headphones. So they're not mixed. So they okay. probably have to mix them in order okay. to air them or to stream them. Okay. So that could be a, a potential barrier, but I I was not aware that they had streaming services for yeah, the yeah. case now. And the is there one. another one, Abraham? Uh, a- AMT has one called AMT Now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and I spoke with them over social media um and got a negative on audio description as well from them. Yeah. So so I just I was wondering since do they always des- do it in their theaters. Do you subscribe to these services? Because I'm not even sure how accessible they are. Uh no, I was going to subscribe to Showcase now, but after learning there's no A D on it, I, I skipped yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Well and, and okay. I and I want to commend you, Abraham, for something you said that is a really powerful advocacy tool, and that is using social media. They don't like anything that looks like they're not being just the world's greatest company. You know, this is anybody yeah. um, on their social media. They pay attention to their social media. And if you write them in a nice way and you say, Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really disappointed you don't have audio description for your yeah. movie. That movie was in the theater with audio description under the showca- showcase yeah. label. Yeah. And, you know, you should really make that available to people who are blind and have low vision in the United States. Well, I, th- I think that I started a conversation about showcase with, uh, I think, you and Carl. And I just, I guess things, uh, dropped off the last time I spoke with a representative with them. They yeah. they pretty much said their budget wasn't allowing for that is what I well and, and and that's a reality after the pandemic. I mean a lot of yeah. movie theaters just didn't even make it and they're starting yeah. to come back, but they are not in the heyday that they were pre-pandemic. And it's oh, okay. Okay. really had a toll on the industry. Yeah. So I am actually looking at my notes because this rang a bell. One I'm seeing some email from you here, Abraham. The yes. other thing is I'm noticing that Fred Brack, our webmaster, the ADP webmaster, reached yeah. out to them independently, not even knowing you were reaching out to us, and yeah. he got nowhere. So mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. I'm not saying it's not a valid point. We'll just yeah. make note of it. And okay. Can, yeah. And my one other question was, um, any suggestions for how to approach um, streaming services that are 
operated or owned by like public libraries because I'm seeing more of that recently. Yeah, I would like Canopy, for instance. And you could argue that the the, the libraries are required to do it because they're federally right. funded. It's public money. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know. Okay. If, if anybody has suggestions about that, I'd love to hear it later uh, on or on the I'll, I'll think on that one and see what we can do since I'm in the uh, library world. So, uh, thank you, Kate. But I thank have heard some conversations about canopies, so maybe that's a place to start. Yeah, that that's the one I was mentioning. I, I tweeted them and they mentioned they didn't have it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I'm and, surprised since the federal dollars. Yeah, and there were, two is- there were two issues with canopy lack of audio description and woeful accessibility, not screen reader friendly. Right. Yes. I, I, I guess I would really start there mm-hmm. with 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 groups like that because I do think they have an obligation that goes significantly <clears throat> further yeah. than the yeah. obligation for other streaming services. Mm-hmm. So, Title Two of the ADA yes. would apply to exactly. That. Yep. Yeah. Great. Very good. Thank eight. you, Ibrahim. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Six eight nine. Can you unmute yet? And I think canopy is spelled with a K. It is with a K. Yeah, it is. So one of the things that we're beginning to hear in this call, and this is something that Brian and I talked about a little last week as well, um, is, is that really for the last year, year and a half, Blind people have gone beyond the place, and I think Brian started to say this at the beginning of the show too, beyond the place where we're just grateful for having audio description and and are now really at a place where where we are beginning to raise some some much more delicate questions uh, uh, about what our expectations about audio description should be. So for instance, um, wh- whether we like to admit it or not, there are some people who have sold audio description to networks and which, <clears throat> which are being used by networks, audio described versions, which are being used by networks, which are not very good. Um, in fact, which are pretty bad. <laughs> and should, should we be doing something about that or should we not? Should we just be thankful or should we be complaining? Complaining. Complaining. Um, yep. And I, I'm not going to be shy and and not say there there have in the I have seen some change in yep. the last um, last year or so specifically there was a lot of complaint from the community about the quality of some of the Chicago programs. Correct. Correct. Um, primarily, I would say. As it's different describers for different shows, but there, there were voicers that just were amazingly bad. I mean, it was, and, <laughs> and, and we finally, we it, it, within the last two years, we finally said something to Caption Max about the issue, and said it. This is really not acceptable, and I have noticed that voice is gone that their description Good. has gotten better in the last year of programming for the Chicago shows. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's, it's better. I would say, you know, it's not great, but the series is quite popular on TV. 
um, and it is better than it was. So we actually did complain about that and say something needs to be done. And, and they did do it. And I think the pressure came not from the company producing the description, but from the network, from Comcast, from NBC. You know, it, it filtered down. It didn't come. We were not successful just going to the company producing the description. Well, it had to came, come from upstairs. It came from the number of consumers which we forwarded. That's right. Yeah. We, we had emails that we've just kept forwarding on to um to the leadership of comcast and nbc universal and that's really what made it happen so the, hearing uh, from people does make a difference yeah and the audio ducking because those shows have like fire engines and explosions and you know things like that the audio ducking was quite poor too it was sometimes hard to hear the um, audio description mm-hmm. um almost impossible in some cases yep and actually, that was that was the series that I was thinking of. That's certainly the series that that I, that, that I got to the place where I couldn't watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've noticed a real improvement in the series over the last year. So, and and I wouldn't have noticed that yet because I have this sort of rule that I operate with. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch season five until I watch season one. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Same here. Uh, I I got another kind of general feeling about things some of the network stuff that's being described needs no description i'm well, offended that they get credit yeah for their hours i, I couldn't agree more describing a game show you mean like family, no feud? family feud <laughs> family feud um what is it uh celebrity Mm-hmm. Celebrity family, yes. celebrity family feud. I don't even know what that is. But there's also the what's the latest one? Um, was it password? Yeah, yes. it has audio description. Is password audio described? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yep. it is. Uh, the other one is that uh, weakest link. And there was one last year that was really ridiculous because they kept saying, you know, the seats are now moving around. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was the one with the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. Not, so, not wheel of fortune, but something. No. Yeah. yeah. There ought to be some reason why um, one show should be described and another one, I take a pass on it. But again, um, I, I huh. guess we need. I guess we need to ask this question: Who ought to be making those decisions? Should it be us, the community, or should it be? The networks. I would imagine that it would cost less to do a game show because Lord knows there's not much writing to it. (laughs) There's no writing to it. (laughs) That's right. So I don't think it costs. Well, in theory, the the rate sheet, which I've seen from some of the companies, they charge by the minute. So I think the company to produce the audio description make more money because the writer doesn't have to work as hard. Got it. But I'm not sure the company to buy the audio description to get on the break because they still had to do it day for a 30-minute show. Um, But to your question, Paul, one could argue that the blind and visually impaired community has as much right to watch anything as anybody else does and whether it be a soap opera or a game show or, or, or a crappy talk show, 
you know, um, it's, I get yeah, that. you know, I, yeah, I mean, I get that, but, but it, but, but we don't have that, you know, I, I am, I am very sympathetic to the point that Brian, made, which is, you know, we have 77 hours worth of primetime stuff, 87, but per quarter. And that's not, that's not a lot. And if you're devoting, if you're devoting 13 of those hours in that quarter mm-hmm. to, 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 to a, a show that doesn't require them, that's, it's another whole series that doesn't get an opportunity to be described exactly. because you've, you've exactly. made a choice to describe something that's, that's idiotic. Well, let me ask you though, are those shows primetime shows? Yes. Yes. That's part of the problem because you only have so many. Pro- so the way the CBA is oh. written is that the shows have to be either prime time or children's programming during certain hours. So sure, but 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 there's lots of prime time stuff that's not getting described by that network. Okay, then that's, <coughs> then then that's the mute argument. You're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I I sometimes we are. Uh, tied up in knots because of how the CVAA has been interpreted and, and right. regulated or not. Okay, absolutely. That that could be kind of one of the horns of a, a dilemma. But nonetheless, should that I, I think it would be interesting to put together a rationale for describing some things and not others. <sighs> it was easy for me to say game shows, but. If a game show is something like um, Wheel of Fortune, you don't can't see the letters. Wheel of I, Fortune I, would be an example. Another I, one that would be an example would be one where the contestants had to do something. Uh, Can you top this? I think was the name of a game show uh, quite a while ago. But anyway, the contestants had to choose A, B, or C and do whatever stunt that was. Well, you can Whether, go back even further to us to a show like Beat the Clock. Mm-hmm. There you go, another example. Then wow. you can see where <laughs> you can see why some audio description would improve the viewer experience, right? But it doesn't improve the user's experience to hear dollar purple dollar signs spin on stage and you go to yep. commercial. That's that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, other. I, go ahead. I, I guess my question is, who gets the two? Yeah, how are those decisions made? And 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 you know, we probably have not said to networks, you know, describing game shows is stupid, and and perhaps we should. So I'm wondering if there's a correlation between ratings. I wonder if they audio describe their top rated shows. I don't know. I'm just guessing. That's an interesting that's that's an question. interesting question, Carl, and I don't know the answer. Um, but but I guess we we we're still a long way from having all of our all of our Oscar shows described, even though we have a commitment in that direction. Well, and I will tell you that we have members in the ADP community that love the fact the game shows are described. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, I don't know why. 
I don't know. I can't think of a reason. Now, I am not a soap opera watcher right. at all. But there's a lot of people who wish that soap operas were audio described. Right. Uh, and I'm, I'm willing to admit that, you know, I don't expect my favorite shows to be the ones prioritized. But I have to say that there must be a way to describe the difference from something that benefits from description at a, uh, on the scale of 1 to 10, a 10, and something that benefits from audio description at down the, like a 1. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's, uh, that's the point we're making. But if, if yeah. Carl is correct, and, and there is a sizable portion of our community um, that, that, that really likes descri audio-described game shows, if, if there are some of you out there who love audio-described game shows, now your chance, now's your chance to tell us. <laughs> Raise that hand. You, Raise, Raise that, that hand. hand. You do have well, I didn't say there was a sizable portion. I said yeah. there's a few that I know of. <laughs> well, and, Very good. And the, <laughs> okay. before, before we take the hand that's raised, I, would, yes. I just wanted to say that, that you know, soap operas fall into a category that Carl can correct me on what they're called, but they're, I think they're semi-scripted because they 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 run every day. Their production is different than primetime scripted so content. It, it, there are two factors when it comes to soap operas why I think networks don't audio describe them. One, they're on five times a week. Yes. So it would be costly. In their mind, it would be costly. In my it's mind, it's still cool. dropping a bucket. Yeah. But in their mind, so that would be 200 and something episodes a year versus, you know, 26 episodes a year. Right. That's number one. The second time is, although they are scripted, the way that soap operas are produced, because they're literally shot every day to keep up with the schedule, they get them, the network gets them near air, meaning right. they're literally getting them sometimes the day before they air, and they don't, and Good they morning. will Not argue they don't have to describe them. So they fall into the near line <laughs> category. Um, and I think, I think the there's another there's another factor too, Carl, and and that is they would probably get shot by a bunch of the blind community, because think about the amount of hours that they would have to devote to a to a single soap opera that they were choosing to describe. Well, that's that's exactly right. It 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 would consume a huge chunk of that 87.5 hours a quarter. It wouldn't qualify, it wouldn't qualify for the 87 and a half no, hours. It, it, it well, doesn't because it's right, right, near right. live. That's yeah. right. And near but, live but, doesn't qualify under but, CBAA. And there, but there, so, so, so there's no obligation for them to do it. Correct. And, no. and they're not likely to. Yeah. Well, there is one, and I can't remember. I wish Anthony Corona. I think it's Days of Our Lives. Right. Yeah. Oh, they do it? Really? Yeah. Well, that it is being done or it was being done. Um, I'm I'm never home at that hour. I don't watch the show, so I don't know. So <laughs> it is Miss, being done to my knowledge. Yeah. Very good. Miss Marion. But there's only well, like four right. soap operas left, right? I mean they're not I think, yeah, there I think that's anymore. right. There aren't a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Holly Lajewski has their hand raised. Oh, hello, Holly. Hello. Hi, Holly. Hi, Holly. Holly. It's Lolly. It's Lolly. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Lolly, hey, frequent Hello. contributor. Yes, she is. Um, our ADP. So I have a, a, a suggestion that I um, 
I think would be beneficial for lots of reasons. And that is, has there ever been a survey done of the audience for audio description? One. And we're actually, Kim can talk to this too, we're actually looking at designing the new survey next year to launch. Yeah, we, we, um, we've got several goals this year that we want to finish up, but um, I can assure you that we have heard the request for a survey of the U.S. audio description market, its users, and um, a consumer-based survey, so with some great questions. Um, and we're going to put that on our goal list for 2023 to, um, to get it up and posted at some point during that year so we can, we can do that. So I'm hoping you'll be helping it with that because it was uh, your idea that start, yes. planted the yeah. seed um, at I, the Audio Description Institute a couple weeks ago. And right. Snyder brought that to Carl and me. And we thought it was a good idea that we we did we did do one years ago, which led to a lot of the streaming services and broadcast increasing the amount of audio description. But it's been seven eight years since we've done one. Well, I and think it was that long ago, but yeah, it it did it have was, a significant. It was back when I was in school. Kim. Wow, because you were in <laughs> grad think, school. Yeah, go ahead, Dolly. Yep. Go ahead. I think that. Uh, there are so many areas that um, we could use feedback in. I mean, you've touched on a number of them tonight, but I, yes. I, and I think having the data can also provide us with justifications for some of the things that we're asking for. So, um, and, and I, there, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And there are so many things we don't know, you know, what, what proportion of blind folks use cable? What proportion of, of blind folks have cut the cord? Um, you know, what proportion of blind folks are watching streaming services? Uh, are there really a lot of blind folks um, who are only watching um, broadcast TV? Uh, we, we don't know the answers to those questions. Well, oh and I think there's also a, a category here of about description itself and what kinds of descriptions sure. we prefer. Um, that's a big cat, uh, big topic uh, currently, and I think um, you're going to find that there's, you know, it's all over the map, but that's okay, because that also tells us that people um, have preferences, but those preferences aren't the same, and we would expect that to be true of any audience, including uh, the blind community. So sure. I think there's lots of areas that this could cover, and I think that's the challenge, but Really, I think having more data here would be, would benefit uh, the things that we want to accomplish. And thanks for taking my question. Yeah. I, I think thank you're right. You. And thank you for your call. And we agree with you, Lolly. And we'll be in touch to talk more about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anybody else, Miss Marianne? No, sir. <clears throat> oh, so, Sherry just raised her hand. <laughs> uh, uh, hold on for, for a yep. second, Sherry. Yep. So I want to... Yep. Uh, Take right, this this whole, again? Uh, yeah, yeah. One issue you haven't brought up, and I don't know if it cuts the cost, but this text to speech. I know I read Amazon was working on that for their Prime uh, uh, Prime Video, uh, and I think they've improved it a lot. You know, I don't know if that cuts costs 
in audio describing, you know, uh, have you listened to anything that's text to speech that's been described that way using text to speech? You've opened Pandora's box. ACB has passed a resolution. Yeah. That's right, Carl. I mean, Mark, whoever you are. Paul, yeah. yes. Yeah. Go ahead and talk about the resolution yeah. first. A- ACB has passed a resolution. Essentially, the resolution says that all other things being equal, um, we in the American Council of the Blind believe that hu- human-described audio description is the way to go and that, that we are not in favor of text-to-speech audio description. Um, I know that's certainly Carl Richardson's position. Uh, I am near the other end of the spectrum. I've listened to quite a lot of text-to-speech audio description, and I think some of it's pretty darn good. Um, certainly, certainly not hard to listen to. Um, I fall in the middle of yeah. you two because I believe the issue is not whether or not it's text to speech. It's again a quality issue. I've heard text to speech that I would challenge anybody to be able to tell that it wasn't human, and I've yeah. heard text to speech done on the cheap. And if yeah. it's done on the cheap, I agree with Carl. If it's done well, I agree with you, Paul. Okay, yeah. so let. Him, are you, are you aware that Amazon is working on oh, that? Yes. Or are they still doing oh, yes. that? Oh, they yeah. are yes. big time yeah, doing definitely. it. Yeah, and, let me, and they're not doing their own stuff. What's interesting, though, is Amazon, is their own stuff that they own, they're doing human voice. But other stuff that they acquire, they're doing text-to-speech. But here's what I just watched Goldfinger the other night with audio description text-to-speech. And let's say it was a voice I could understand. First of all, I bring another perspective that I don't believe any of us on the call do. I'm hard of hearing. It is far easier for me to hear human voices than it is text-to-speech generally. I will say there are times I've heard that generally it is because human narration has an inclination and inflection that it's easier to follow along if you're hard of hearing. Okay. The other issue with text-to-speech, in my opinion, I understand that there are others that like it, is that I've yet, the way Amazon does it, is they have a computer do the mixing and decide on the ducking. And the ducking is quite poor. For instance, with the Goldfinger, they were stepping all over the soundtrack. I don't think I heard the soundtrack because yet you watch, say, something on Apple or Netflix, or even Disney, I can hear the soundtrack while the narration's going on. Yep. So, are you is it a cost issue, though? I mean, if they approved it, where it was a not lot, for Amazon, it's not a it's not a cost issue that. Oh, I, 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 that. yeah, I think it is a cost issue. I, not for I think Amazon. It it's more of a productivity uh, issue. Well, I think it's. I, I, I think, think it's more. Carl on that. I mean, yeah. I think it's both. Uh, but but uh, I mean the fact is we're talking the, about hundred dollars per episode between yeah, text and human. That's it. Yeah. A couple hundred dollars. But the fact but the fact is that for whatever reason, what they have essentially done, at least as I understand it, and you guys on the committee can certainly correct me. But as I understood what they said last year, I I I didn't hear them this year. But what they said last year was. We're going to make an effort to do a lot of old movies that are that are in in our system, but the only way that we can do that is by by using text to speech, and we're going to go ahead and do that. 
Now, so what we're going to end up with is a lot more movies that will be audio described that we would never have gotten if they didn't perceive that they could do it with text to speech. And we have had some dialogue with Amazon about this issue. And one of the things that we've really stressed is the importance of the writing of the description, because right. they're, they're not just using text to speech. They are using an automated tool that has a person who writes the description. And then this, the tool will tell them, you know, you too many words, you know, shorten that, exactly. flip that back, you know, make it fit. Yep. Um, and the tool does all that. So we've said that there's got to be a quality control level. You can't just plop it all out through the automated tool and put it out there for people and then to, the writer, to listen to. And so then the writer simply hit publish. Yeah, they publish it and it's done. There's so, no audio mixer involved. Yeah. No so human involved in the mixer. That they need to have, you know, some sound quality checking. And we were also concerned, and we expressed this, about the quality of the text-to-speech voice they are choosing to use, that it needs to be better than what they initially were using. I don't know if they're using different ones. I mean, they have a lot of text-to-speech voices at their disposal. They do. And and so they should be able to pick one that is high-end and could make a better experience for listeners. Well, here's my argument. They thing- got movies the world over in multiple languages because they release products all over the world. I've yet to see them use text-to-speech to dub movie right. or animated film. In, in any other not- language other than English, you are absolutely right. But they don't do animate. Why not use text-to-speech for animated films and get rid of human voices? Well, true. If they had better quality, everything works a lot better. That'd be great. Uh, you know, because if the product is what I've, you know, however they do it, if if it's good, I'm I'm on board. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. However they can do it. So uh, I do so, want to see them do it better if they're going to. I do, do think Tech to yeah. has a use for industrial video, for educational short. But, you know, I listen to text-to-speech all day long, as all of us do, on my computer. Right. When I'm being entertained and watching long entertainment, I don't want to have to work to listen. I have to work as a person with the country lot to listen all the time. It's far less work for me. I don't want to have to work hard to be entertained. It's far right. less work. Well, well here's something I, I, I wish a lot more companies would do, is hire... Yeah blind people to uh be a part of the process and mm-hmm. like in, uh, where they're making apps and doing all these things you know that they had somebody in-house that would be able to say how does this work you know does this work right with your voiceover does this work right with jaws you know it seems like it wouldn't be that expensive for them and they, they wouldn't have all these complaints after they release it mm-hmm. for somebody that you know is going to use it you know they have people that you know, they, they, they don't know a lot more, you know, industry actually yeah. and businesses um, having, having an accessibility division. They're actually hiring some people to work on accessibility, whether that's, you know, Amazon or, you know, even outside the, the industry, you're seeing a lot more of accessibility in, right. in a lot of companies. Well, that's great. Good, is, and we also have some visually impaired and blind describers. 
Um, yes. who, yeah. Who Which are is out there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, I mean, we're, we're making progress. I, we're not going to go into detail on this tonight, but perhaps <clears throat> a whole different show down the road that we might do um, has to do with some recent developments that that I guess were begun in terms of ACB's involvement by Mr. Samuelson when he did our banquet speech last year. And one of the things, and, and your committee may have been discussing it before, I'm not trying to, to, to at all diss the committee, but the point is that what, what he talked about was the need for all of us as consumers of audio description um, to be critical of, of what we get and to actually set some standards. And I know, and Kim, maybe we can talk at least about this tonight. You guys are working at, at setting some audio description standards that, that we're going to probably release at some point that we'd like audio dis description to abide by. Do you want to talk for a minute about those? Yeah, because I don't think we have too much time, so I'll be quick, and we can probably pick it up again in a, in another show sometime right. down the road. But um, so we we are. I am um, chairing a committee of audio description professionals, sighted and blind, um, some academics in the audio description field, and what we are working on is the development of a certification, not, not standards for audio description, because some companies have their own standards they work with internally. Some fly by the seat of their pants, unfortunately. I wish they had some internal guidelines. But what, what I've been working on is a certification process for professionals in the field of audio description. And that's different from standards in the field. But we are trying to, to get some guidelines out there to help um, industry, hire people to write the description and that those people are qualified, that they have some credentials to, to um, you know, go to these companies and say, you should hire me. You know, I've had this kind of experience. I can do this and I'm certified. So we've been working on that for a while. We're still a ways because it's a very complex process to develop a, a certification for an entire industry like audio description. But we want it to be an international standard so that, you know, England, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, all these, whatever countries want to use it, will be able to use the certification as well. So that's in a nutshell what I've been working on and how that fits in to the whole issue around quality and where we want to go with audio description. And, and there are loads of questions that it's not easy to answer. To what degree should companies be required to provide reasonable accommodations to blind people working in the field? Yeah. Yeah. To, to what extent should, um, to what extent should, um, should we take account of uh, the ethnicity of a movie in, and, and compare that with the eth ethnicity of describers? Mm -hmm. I mean, Probably they're like Black Panther. You mean. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so there so, are yeah. there are loads of questions. They're not easy. Right. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not going to speak to the cultural competency thing, but I will speak a little bit to what you were saying about providing accommodation to, like I think, great blind narrators, great blind audio mixers and editors, great. I have a little bit of a concern about blind writers because I want a sighted person 
to tell me what I can't see. Yep, I, I, I think you make a good point, Carl. Brian, any, any last comments from you? Just that, uh, one, I continue to be grateful for audio description. It yeah. has dramatically changed my life, not only because I'm being entertained more thoroughly than I was before, but also I'm more culturally in touch with, the, with what the world is doing around me. That's huge value to me. But I think we are to a point where it's not a question of quantity. It's a question of quality now. Well, uh, and as we move forward, we, the blindness community, have to make that step to say, this quality issue matters enough to me that I'm going to say, take some time to make comments to those who are in positions to care. Well said, Brian. Uh, yep. And, and I'm going to ask the, the committee to comment on one more thing because we're going to be doing, uh, coming up in November, our second annual audio description gala. And, and, and maybe you guys could talk a bit about what that is and why we're doing it. Sure. So it's um, set, the date on your calendar is Tuesday, November 29th. You're Probably, I think it's 730. So it'll be about 90 minute program. And we'll be honoring um, leaders in the um, industry, the, the motion picture, television, broadcast industry, streaming services, um, to recognize them and to promote awareness around audio description within industry and within our community. Because there's a lot of outreach and awareness still, I think, that the blindness community needs to experience as well. There's a lot of people who don't know how to connect, don't know how to get description. Um, so this helps us to make it, you know, important um, and to alert a lot of people about what audio description is. And, and one, so we give some fantastic awards, well-deserved, but this year there's a new twist to the gala. Um, we will have a um, an audio description people's choice award. And um, details to follow with details on how to vote, but we will be asking the community to vote on a listing of 10 um, films or series on broadcast television. There'll be a list and, um, and our community will be able to vote on which one they think should be the audio description people's choice. And, and that'll year, be part of, the, part of the award ceremony this year. And this year, the gala will more, most likely stream on. Yeah, it's going to stream because Carl's breaking up on um, Pluto um, TV. And we believe on Peacock as well as YouTube. And so we're, and we're hoping to be able to make a Spanish version of the gala available this year as well. Those details are still being worked on, but we hope to have that available too with, you know, as well as captioned of both versions and audio described, of course. So, and, and we will, as we get closer to that, invite you guys back to tell us more once plans are, are, are more in shape. And, and, partic and particularly we want you to tell us, how the blind community can get directly involved so that the industry knows we're there. Because um, I, I think that's important. Yep. I agree. 
Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, about the end of our time. I'd like to thank both Carl and Kim for being here and, and our usual folks. Brian, as usual, great job. Um, I don't have any idea what we're doing next week, but we'll discuss it tomorrow and our, our, our stuff will go out. So I'd like to thank everybody on the production team, everybody who's tuned in. This has been fun. I, I think one of the things that we've demonstrated tonight is how important audio description is to everybody and how far we've come, but how still we are dealing with an imperfect art that, that can improve. So thanks for your comments. Thanks for being here and good night.